This is People Unboxed from ADP. Hello and welcome to the third episode of People Unboxed. I'm Penny Haslam and in this series we're discussing a key challenge for modern businesses, engagement. Recent research from Gallup found that only 15%, 15% of employees worldwide say that they're engaged at work. This statistic was so striking that we commissioned our own research to find out both why engagement is so low and what it might take to get people more excited about going to work. And that research led us here to this podcast. So our job right now is to discuss the insights gained and hopefully find some straightforward solutions and strategies to make us, our colleagues and our workforce happier. Well, joining me today are a panel of experts with huge experience of working to address these issues. And the one we're going to tackle today, I was going to phone in about this and uh, perhaps not turn up, but the the one we're going to talk about is pulling a sickie. Has everyone heard of this phrase, pull a sickie? Yes. Okay, well, I'm going to have to come to you, Jeff Phipps, UK General Manager at ADP. Go on, have you ever pulled a sickie? I probably have the opposite problem in that uh, oh, come I'm one on. of those that <laughs> prides myself on hardly ever taking a day off sick. But I think that that in itself generates different sorts of issues in that are you therefore going to work and when you shouldn't be? And are you causing other people to get sick if you're spreading it around? What does it say to other people in terms of role modeling your behavior? What does it say to other people when you're role modeling that behavior of never having a sick day or never being ill? Well, if if you're not careful, it can that they'll follow your lead, and that could cause them to have you know problems because they've come in sick when they shouldn't do. You know, who knows? You know, people have got to drive into work. Or is it going to affect their concentration? Are they going to make mistakes when they're in work that they wouldn't otherwise make? Are they going to spread it around, and cause other people people to be sick? So, um, yeah, that's probably I have that problem. I used to sit opposite a woman years ago who used to blow her nose when she was sick, and then put the tissue on the desk. Oh, it's gross, isn't it? Sorry, is that too early? <laughs> too early for stuff like that. Okay. Annabelle Jones, the HRD at ADP in the UK. Have you ever pulled a sickie? Well, obviously not since I've been at ADP. Of course. Um, but yes, in roles in the past when I was maybe not particularly happy in, at work and didn't feel I, I didn't have anything important to do that day. My value that I placed on my job wasn't important enough and being calling in sick when I didn't really feel like it Probably didn't even do anything particularly exciting on those days. Just uh, chilled out and took it easy. Okay, not bad, not bad. What we might call a duvet day. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And Jackie Mann, the founder of J Mann Associates and author of Recruit, Inspire, Retain. Have you ever pulled a sickie? No. <laughs> oh, okay. So why not? I think I was always brought up that you went to work, you know, when you were no matter how you felt, really, you went into work. That's how my parents had brought me up and it was sort of instilled into me. Have you never been poorly, um, Jackie? If I've, I've pulled a sickie when I've been sick, but that's not many um, times. Yes. But to phone up when I haven't been sick, I just couldn't do that because I can't lie either. So my face would give me away when I got in if I'd had to you know, lie about it. So no. And I can say I brought my children up to be exactly the same. So it's genuine sick days yeah. and you never pull a sickie? No, I couldn't. My, I'd be given away. You're making me feel bad now. I haven't revealed my story. I'm not (laughs) I'm not telling you what I've done in the past. Tim Pointer, do you? Tim Pointer, founder of Starboard, uh, that accelerates performance through business culture. Business culture of pulling a sickie. Have you ever pulled a sickie? 
I think because Netflix wasn't as is a relatively recent invention, the, the the pull perhaps wasn't strong enough for me. But you know, now it's really quite enticing to pull pull a sickie. I think mm, before Every, you were just saddled with Richard and Judy, weren't you? I know you? exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, who wants to sit there and watch daytime TV now? You can watch anything. You can watch any box set. You can access and you, you can game all day. You could not leave your not leave your room and access the world. You're really selling it, but have you ever pulled a sickie? Not that I remember, though I, I, if you go all the way back to uni, there were definitely some medieval lectures that I thought, you know, it's quite comfy under this duvet, I'm going to stay right mm. here. But mm. uh, I can't think of one at work. I'm sure a previous employer will, might question that. So I think I should confess, Annabelle, if nothing else, to make you feel better. And there was a time when I worked uh, in the public sector. It was a large organisation. The culture was you had a certain number of sick days you may as well just use them, even if you didn't really need to. And I felt undervalued. I wasn't engaged. And, you know, God, there were some times where I just couldn't be bothered going to work and I pulled a sickie. It was easy to do. And it almost expected, actually. Do you see that happening at all across the the organisations that you work with at all? Do you think that's something that's borne out in the research? I think it is. I mean, the research tells us that um, 74% of employees have not wanted to go into work at least once over the last 12 months. Now, only 21% of those actually think it's acceptable to call in sick. Um, so there's a lot. it seems like there's quite a lot of people who think about doing it, not that many people who, well, actually 21% is not an insignificant number of people. Um, but it, I think it's you know, it's concerning that there are people who think that that's, that's just acceptable. It is. One in five people think it's acceptable to pull a sickie. Is that shocking to everyone around the table? I wouldn't say so. I, I think if I go back to my first job out of uni, which was with um, Marks and Spencer, and, you'd, you know, they, they were really tight on looking at the uh, uh, the absence across the, the superstores that we were running. So you've got, you know, 1,100 people there. And, of course, you pull out the calendar of, of someone's sickness. It's always the Mondays and the Fridays. Yeah, extend your weekend with the sick day. And some people are very surprised that you're actually looking at the data. You know, it's like, ah, it's really interesting because, you know, obviously you've um, had some days off sick and I've noticed that it always extends your weekend and just leave the silence. <laughs> Jackie, is it yeah. surprising? It's not really surprising. I think, though, for me, with the businesses that I work with, a lot of them actually only give statutory sick pay. So there is no enhanced sick payment. And I think that has a massive impact. Um, people know if they don't come in, they actually aren't going to get paid for that day at all. So it does make a difference. What about job security? I and mean, we've seen a lot of change and challenge in organisations over the last 10 years since the credit crunch. A lot of people fearing for their work, but also a lot of temporary work, a lot of zero hours contracts. Does that provide a propulsion for people to attend work all the time rather than phoning in sick, do you think? Um, I think, I mean, it depends who the, the companies are on the zero hours contract. You know, some of them don't treat people very well, but they should be treated the same as a, and any employee. If, they were, if, if they're on a zero hours contract, they should still get the same rights as a, somebody who's on a permanent contract. But I think it's more than that. I think it's about, you know, thinking about, it's not just the people taking the time off sick, but what does that do for the employees that aren't taking the time off sick? You know, the ones that have to then pick up their job. Um, that doesn't create very good teamwork, um, you know, you know. And there's there's always one person that you can pick out who is the person who you know is going to do it. There was I worked in manufacturing years ago and there was a girl that used to have to work late on a Friday and we knew that when it was her time to do the late on a Friday, it was on like a four-week rotor, she would phone in sick every time. Um, so then someone else had to cover it. And people do get fed up with that. So it doesn't help their motivation. 
Is a culture of phoning in sick or somebody phoning in sick regularly, pulling a sickie, not genuinely being ill, is that a reflection of something more problematic that should be dealt with at a deeper level, Annabelle? Yes, definitely. So um, so most companies will monitor sickness um, levels and you'll notice patterns, to your point, um, Tim, and look at um, any trends that are happening. Certainly a red flag... Um, would be somebody who is calling in for lots of small periods of absence, so a day here and there. And my first approach with those people, with advice, with the line manager, working with the line manager, is to talk about what's going on. Um, what are the underlying problems? Is there something going on in work, or is there something going on outside of work, um, or is it genuine a health condition? I mean, in some cases, it has been a case of actually just advising people on a healthy lifestyle, and you know how you know what. How much sleep do you get a night? What's your diet like? And you find yourself playing that role sometimes. Um, and, um, y- you know, sometimes it is something we can do to help. And we go with the supportive approach rather than it being penalising people um, or, or just assuming the worst. Um, what about a problem at a cultural level, though? So that's the individuals and maybe there's a problem there. But if you've got a lot of staff phoning in sick on a regular basis, pulling fast ones, basically... Doesn't that say more about you as an employer than it does about your people? Is it an engagement issue? I think it absolutely can be. It could also be a uh, a recruitment and onboarding issue. Uh, it could be it could be a management issue. Um, could be, and that is in multiple ways. Are managers trained to to see the signs, look after it? Are they behaving in the right way? Uh, are they role modelling taking sickness themselves? Because that could be another factor here that people say, well, if it's good for the goose, it's good for the gander. So um, that that's certainly something to take into consideration. But I, I think that what Annabelle said at the beginning about why well, you'd taken a sick day in, in, in the distant past was about feeling valued. And I think that if I could, I could, I could imagine somebody thinking, yeah, it's okay to take a sickie if I haven't, if I don't feel valued in the workplace, if I feel like no one will miss me. And so well, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that. and if you work for a big organisation, there's every chance that somebody might not miss you or your work wouldn't go noticed. Jackie? I've actually had one of our clients who said that um, they had a member of staff who had taken some time off sick and they'd actually been off a week and nobody had actually noticed that they weren't there. There's so a guy in Italy who went sick for two years, wasn't there, and no yes. one noticed. Somebody died at his desk and nobody oh, noticed. I remember that. It was a few years ago. I love these. They're kind of urban myths <laughs> yes. coming out. But yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. He was dead at his desk, the poor chap, and nobody even bothered. So he wasn't being measured on um, output. He was no. being measured on his input, and he was there yeah. <laughs> just, in his chair. He just didn't have a good work-life balance. No. <laughs> Very funny. Very good. It's like a joke. Yeah, good. Thanks. <laughs> okay, so Tim, have you got something to say about this? What does it say about you if your people were going off sick on a regular basis because they just were? What would it say about you and your culture? Well, we your organization? go to work for so many reasons, don't we? Uh, I, we want to belong, we want to achieve, we want to collaborate, we want to learn, we want get to get paid. We do want to get paid, but that's not. As we know from ADP's research, that's not the only reason that we go to work. And it's really important to think about all of the other factors. So it, let's look at the other factors that are going on in terms of that sense of belonging, achievement, collaboration, um, and really being noticed for doing a great job and being uh, recognised by your line manager. And therefore, we're creating something. I mean, we have more people in our society living alone than at any other time in human history. Therefore, it's even more important to spend that time together 
rather than through social media, which is actually, which is not about human interaction. So let's understand more about the human and create environments when people can be at their best and perform, feel recognised and really look forward to going to work. Sometimes when we say that we have a, a physical uh, condition, we can actually be a mental health condition. And we're and referring to physical illness because we do not feel comfortable talking about our mental health at work. I know so many, so many organisations now are doing great work in terms of really dealing with that in the workplace. But it comes back to the point made before in terms of role modelling. If we're able to talk about mental health at work and demonstrate it's okay to have those conversations, then as employers we're more likely to be able to get to the heart of the matter and really find out why someone isn't at work. Jackie? I was just going to say, um, you know, there's lots of people do return to work interviews when people have been off absent. You know, they're sick, they come back. I think one of the downsides to that is that the managers aren't trained properly on how to do those and they're not sure what to ask. So employees perhaps don't want to share things with them, but also the managers will say, well, I didn't like to ask that question. I feel like I'm intruding. Um, so I'm, I don't feel that standard return to work interviews are actually enough. I think there needs to be a lot more that we need to be doing and having specialist people who employees can talk to rather than perhaps their line manager who, you know, especially if it's a, a lady thing, as a lot of men will say, you know, they get really embarrassed. They don't know what, what to do. What do you mean, Jackie? Yeah, well, use your imagination. <laughs> but, you know, I, th- I don't think they know how to deal with it. And if someone did say that they had a mental health issue, then it's like, oh, and then where do they go? What, what happens? What is the next step? Lots of organisations don't have occupation health um, in, in their business. And, you know, other businesses can't always afford it. So then it just gets left which can be worse. So, I mean, there are two issues here, aren't there? There's the idea that you want to pull a sickie where you're not actually sick and you're just skiving off. And then there's the other issue where actually you may be telling us one thing and it's something else that's the problem. Either way, it has to be dealt with, doesn't it, and got under the skin of. So any solutions around the table for people listening who maybe have an absenteeism issue with staff? Is it tackling them one at a time? Is it tackling culture? I mean, I, you know, what, what would you say? I, I think there are multiple things. I think the the first point of contact is important. Um, some organisations look at using uh, occupational health type uh, uh, services there so that the first point of contact isn't the manager, it's actually you're calling into a service that can talk to you and is trained to talk to you about health issues and therefore don't have the problems if it is something that is... Um, if you're talking to a, a trained nurse, for example, and you can talk about what's wrong... Two things happen there. One is you can actually have a meaningful conversation about what is causing you to be sick. And also, if you're not genuinely sick, it's a lot more intimidating having a conversation with a trained medical um, person about uh, a fictitious illness. So I think that that's something that can be done. We've touched on role modelling. I think that um, managers in the business have to have to behave in the right way and have to be, that's a mixture of probably in my case, making sure when you're sick, it's okay to be sick. But on the other side of it, having the right empathy for for difficulties that people are going through. Uh, and I think that culture as a whole, making sure that people appreciate the impact that they have on their colleagues when when this happens, that others have, have to pick up the, often have to pick up the sort of shortfall when they're there. So I, I don't think there's one answer. I think there's multiple things you can do. And just to build on that point, I think that sense of fairness is really important, not just in making sure that we have one process across the business, but in being seen to be fair and equal in the way that we're managing this across. Because as human beings, we have a very high awareness of fairness. So we're looking to see, I think that one, uh, that person swinging the lead. (laughs) 
I love that phrase. <laughs> it's an El Naval term, isn't it? Absolutely. I can't remember quite how it came about, but swinging the lead. Yeah. I think that person's swinging the lead. And I'm looking to you as the boss. What are you doing about it? I don't expect to know the ins and outs. I understand there'll be private matters to be discussed. But I do want to have a sense of like, I'm doing my best. If I feel someone else isn't, then I want to know that that's being worked on. What would you say about that, Jackie? I, I agree, because I, I've seen the effect it has on other people. You know, this girl that used to, you know, never come in on a Friday when she had to work on that shift. Everyone else then knew that someone else was going to have to stand in and do that. Did it make you feel annoyed with the boss for not work, for not dealing with the problem? It did in a way, but in the end that I decided that I would then take it on and I would deal with it. And um, she did leave the business not long what after that. What did you that. do to her? Well, I had a meeting with her and I was really concerned about, you know, the fact that she was having all this time off and, you know, what were we going to do and how could we help as a business? And I would really like her to go and see her GP to see what was going to be the best way forward, how we could support her in the workplace. And she decided that perhaps it would be better if she left. Is it the case, Annabelle, that the more senior you get, the less likely it is you're going to phone in sick or be uh, tempted to? So it seems to be the case I think anecdotally but also through the research um, I don't know if it's so much seniority or as, as age and um, whether it's a gender difference here um, but the research would suggest that younger employees are consistently more likely to think it's acceptable to take days off than older employees so that's what the research is telling us. Is that us. the you and me from yesteryear sort of idea? Yeah I wonder if it is I think um, you know that that it seems to be that that trend follows through with the number of days taken as sick seems to increase. Um, so, you know, em employees' age definitely seems to be having a factor here. Um, so older, you know, as people get older, they seem to be saying it's not acceptable to take a day off ill. As Jackie said at the beginning, mm. that's the way you were brought up. Yep. It's not acceptable to take a day off ill. Now, I don't want to generalise and stereotype oh, our younger on, generation, yeah. but there <laughs> seems to be a different attitude there that there seems to be more of an, uh, a tendency to think it's okay. Maybe, I don't know, maybe they're just not as, as uh, robust and tough and think, oh, well, you know, I'm a little bit under the weather. I deserve to have a day at home to rest and get better. Uh, whereas the older generation are thinking, I'll, I'll tough it out. I'll, I'll And know, perhaps people... have responsibilities and, yeah. you know, they have to get out of bed for their own kids and stuff. I mean, I never was ill again when I had a child. You know, mm -hmm. I just couldn't be. And so you function and you find a new level of um, ability when yeah. actually in the past I would have gone, oh, God, I feel a bit poorly mm -hmm. and retreated yeah. to bed. But um, So are you one of those people that takes bugs into the office? Not anymore, because actually I work for myself. So, um, and and funnily enough, that that being self-employed means that you are never ill. You are always energetic and always turn up. And you know, it has to be a lot for me to cancel work. That's absolutely death's door. But um, that's not the case when you're being looked after or you have a pay. And it's interesting what you said, Jackie, about the statutory sick pay. Yes, isn't really that enticing. No. No, in in well, lieu of working. It's not because they, they don't get paid until they've got their fourth day off absent. So if they just have one day off... And that requires a sick note, doesn't yeah, it, from yeah. the GP? They won't get anything. They've got to be off seven days to get a sick note from the GP and then you've got to get in to see the GP as well, which that's always a challenge. But then um, that brings about the interesting debate around presenteeism. Mm. So how many people have we got coming into work that actually aren't well enough to be here? So exactly. we've talked about the people who are taking the sick day when actually they could probably make it in or in fact they just mm. want to go and sit in the park or watch, Netflix. The duvet, watch yeah. Netflix whatever it might be but then you've got the people who we know are coming into work when they aren't well enough to be there whether it be 
a virus, a you know, cough or a cold, and then they're sharing their germs, or it could be that they're dealing with mental health problems um, and they're coming to work. How productive are they actually going to be? Well, they're um, coming to work because they aren't going to get paid if they don't. It, yeah. Is that a good thing? Is it carrot and stick time to think about if you're not in, you don't get paid? I think that's an old-fashioned way to think about it. Mm. But it works. Yeah, well, it does. And I think, you know, there's a difference perhaps with, with ADP and what you offer to your your employees but with a lot of the clients that I work with in the SME sector they don't give sick pay it's only statutory pay so that you know that that is an issue that's out there it's not something that um, you know they don't get any enhanced payments at all so it's and even more so when the government you know didn't pay them the money back for the statutory sick pay is even worse now for a lot of smaller businesses so it, it is it is difficult but yeah some people can't afford to take the time off. I think one of the things that I've struggled with over the years as a business is what does what does good look like? So we seem to be in this conversation about whether people are throwing sickies or on the other end of the spectrum about whether people are coming in when they shouldn't be. And we often see data, you know, across our organisation, we see data about it in a lot of detail, but what we don't have is um, a really clear idea about well, what what is a reasonable level of fit, uh, of sickness to take. Obviously, as an average measure, that's easier to do with a larger organisation than it might be for one of your SME clients. But I think that if we started there, uh, that that might be helpful in some ways because we could say, do we actually have a, a cultural problem at this organisation or not? If you haven't got that yardstick, it's quite difficult to say whether, whether you do or don't have an, an internal issue that you need to look at. Is it a question of trust? Is it about creating the right environment having the right culture in which we are openly sharing information personally and professionally so that our colleagues feel that they that they trust their line manager they trust their colleagues and they can share the information they need to about themselves because it is about getting the work done at the end of the day and saying i know that we're working on this project i know the deadline's friday but wednesday i am so low at the moment i need to take a day I believe if I take that day, then I'll be able to contribute much better on Thursday and Friday and I'll get it over the line. And just having that honesty of conversation, but it has to work both ways. We have to be giving information and earning trust in order for that um, reciprocity. And then you're back into, well, do I like my colleagues? Do I enjoy going to work? Are they supportive? Are they my work friends? Would they do Mm. it for me? Would they do it for me? Mm. And it's back to whether you have that at work and how you foster it and get good engagement at those levels that maybe you don't want to, you're not going to, you're not likely to pull a sickie because you like going to work. Is that part of this puzzle then? I think that the the trust point that you make is an important one, but I, if you've been managing people for uh, a good amount of time, then I think many people will have experienced what I would call as an, an abuse of the trust that they've they've given and that really is a difficult one to come back from because I, I remember in a previous company being shown photographs of or sorry not photographs being shown someone's Facebook pages showing their wedding when they were off sick so ah, you know and that was a culture Facebook. where that was a, and these these social media things have you know also mm. been been uh, yeah. hit hit the news occasionally where where people have, have that taken sickies and that's that has a downside though because um when people are off work with stress um you, your gp will say to you go out and lead a normal life 
that creates real issues then when we get a, an owner phones us and says, you know, this member of staff's been it's seen by another, another staff. You know, they've seen them out down the nightclub or out shopping and they're supposed to be off sick. You know, what am I supposed to do? And that's because there isn't an understanding of the mental health issues and the stress. Um, and they think that they're just out having a swan, you know, just enjoying themselves. And there's not enough education around what that actually means and how people deal with it when they're off. I agree. Mm. But there is a general top tip, which is if you're off sick, you know, don't go to the football and tweet a photograph of yourself cheering on your favourite team. Go to the football, but don't share it on social media. That's the top tip, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Yeah. Just make sure you're not on the TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I saw you on Match of the Day last night. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But that going and getting wed during sick time, it must have been a pre-organised, a planned event. So it's not just about normal life, is it? And that's my point that... The vast majority of people, I think, behave behave well and honestly. But I think that when there is a small number, a small minority that behave and abuse the trust that a, a person or an organisation puts in its workforce, then that could be that can be really detrimental. I don't know what the answer is there. I think that's down to those individuals, individuals and their value sets. But it's damaging when that happens. Is it a case of just having to accept that there will always be people who? phone in sick, don't show up for their late night shift on a Friday, pull a fast one, swing the lead, or is it something that you can actually tackle at an HR level? So I think it's I think it is going to happen. I think the what I would always question is that what's the underlying reason for it? Um because I because there is one. Now it might be it's just the person. It might be that they also used didn't used to go to school if they didn't feel like it and now they and they were never pulled up for it when they were at school. And that behaviour has now just become acceptable. Um, or it could be because of what's going on in their personal lives. It could be you know, just life in general. So you just don't know. And I think that's the main thing is that you've got to sort of you know get an understanding of why it's happening and not just turn a blind eye to it. And it does seem to be a large problem, like a major problem for UK businesses. The idea that people want to pull a sickie, not go to work and get paid for it. The figures bear this out one in ten don't want to go to work at least several times a week nine percent of employees felt this way most days most days maybe they're not in the right job um all those or they've got yeah yeah you know they they they, their personal lives are such that facing work is you know is too much for them i mean it's very difficult to know what's driving that Mm. And I think this drives a a wider productivity issue, doesn't it? We know that as UK PLC, and we've got some great data here from across Europe, but if you look at UK PLC, we know that we have low productivity when we're looking at our European neighbours. And we know that this doesn't shift. We have great technology, we have great digital solutions, but we're not seeing the the, uh, change in terms of productivity. And you look at this... And you can see some of the key reasons behind it. When we don't feel up for it, even if we're there, we're not putting the effort in and we're not getting the business results that, that, uh, as a result. So where does the fault lie? I, I think one one area is, and we've, we, we've danced around this a little bit, but people have talked about whether they feel valued in the workplace. I think that in organisations that I've, I've worked at and organisations that I, I speak with, and, and other business leaders I speak to, there, there are issues around uh, 
accountability and ownership for things in business. So especially when you get into larger organizations and you have, you know, mate, it's easy to get lost, but you also have matrix organizations and handoffs of processes. And so that accountability for seeing something from, you know, start to finish that, you know, smaller businesses often talk, we were talking about their creative arts earlier and how people would really work hard on a project because they'd want to see it through. The idea of just leaving that halfway through, it was their baby. So I think that we need to think about how we give people that ownership for their work and make it more meaningful for them at a personal level so that they want to come in and they so, want to do a good so job. So is it the types of work that is on offer, the types of work that people are doing, that where automation will take away the boring and the routine and the, the valueless work for human beings to engage with and give us all more meaningful work? I think that's a popular misconception that it's about the work itself which drives engagement. If you look at engagement studies from hospitals, for example, you can see higher levels of engagement amongst the cleaning teams than you can amongst the surgeons because there is absolute clarity that they are that the environment that they're creating through the cleaning work that they're doing enables people to get better faster. And therefore, they can see the overall output of the work they're doing, and that gives meaning to the actual acts of cleaning. So I think it's about the meaning that we find in our work, and as employers, the way that we create meaning through the work that's um, happening. It's not the work itself. Okay. Jackie, what would you say about I, that? I would say I, I agree more, actually, with Jeff. I think it's all about ownership. You know, ownership to me is, is, a, is a big thing. and It's about the employee being able to make decisions, and often they, they're not able to make decisions in business. They're because they're not trusted? They're, well, they're not trusted, or they're not for, sure how far they can go. And, you know, you can you have examples, you know, like... There's nothing worse than being on, a phone, on the phone to a, a company and you, you want to make a complaint or find out something and they oh, I need to check that with my manager. You know, oh, it's just so frustrating as a customer. But if they've got the ownership, they know how far they can go to actually solve that customer's problem because they've been allowed to take those next steps and they've been allowed to grow in their job. They have the accountability and they know exactly how that fits with the, the values. I mean, what are the values of the business? How is that, you know, that going to help them by helping out this customer? Um, but, you know, it's it, unfortunately, we tend to say, oh, no, you shouldn't be doing that. Stop that. Who who, who says you've who got do the you right think to you do are? this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, who do you think you are? Yeah. And we've talked about the action you take when someone's off sick or they have a pattern of absence. I'm interested in what action we take when someone has 100% attendance. Annabelle was talking about the habits that we have at school that we then take into the workplace. And I was just thinking of my son. So in his class, if you have 100% attendance you get a special letter at the end of the year. And those pupils are called out on stage in a school assembly and acknowledged for their top attendance. Now, I've seen versions of that in the workplace, and I've also seen the unease on that in education. So within the organisations that we're all working with, what have we seen about those, uh, those who have 100% attendance? It's my real pet hate, to be honest. I hate to see bonus schemes for people who have attended 
and we've got 100%. Two reasons. One, actually, we've paid them a salary to come to work anyway. So, you know, they should be coming. Um, there's a contract there. These are the days and the hours that you come, and that's what we're going to pay you. So I expect you to do it. Um, so, you know, that's my yes. my take on that. You don't like special snowflakes getting special. No, 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 no. Bonuses. But also, you've got to be really careful then, because if you've got someone who's got a disability and they've got to take time off work, then you're going to be discriminating against them. And the the bonus schemes I see for people who then, um, you know, they get an award at the end, they take one day off, so then they've lost the chance of getting the award, so then they may as well take more time off. Mm. So I, I really don't like them. It's my it's disincentive. It's, it's my pet hate, it mm. really is. I get on my soapbox a little bit about about um, attendance bonuses. I pay you your salary for that. <laughs> I agree. Would you be impressed with an employee, Annabelle, who was never sick or never pulled a sickie or was never actually sick or just had 100% attendance? Would they get a special certificate? No. Why not? No, I, I'm, I'm, I agree with Jackie. I think it's, um, you know, the expectation is that you come to work for your contracted working days and that's what we pay you for and that's, um, I don't think you should get rewarded over and above that. Um, I'd also be, I, I'd be concerned about the presenteeism. People do get sick. I mean, Jeff, you know, you, you you have been sick occasionally. You power on through, but yep. you know, even you sometimes have to go. You know, actually, I'm feeling rubbish, yep. and it's. I, I'm conscious of it with my team. They'll um, ring me up in the morning and say, "I'm not feeling very well. I'm just going to stay at home, but I'll be online. I'll still be working." And I'm like, "No, don't. If you're genuinely not feeling well, please log off. Tell me what you need me to help you with, and rest." And actually, I have to work quite hard at that because they, they're a stubborn bunch and they'll insist on that. I'll get an email from them and I'm like, stop emailing, switch off, rest. And I know from my own experience, when I've been really ill, you know, knocked out, you, I, I just need to switch off. You have to do it. You get better, quicker. You do get better, longer, quicker. And the people, I've seen it in too many cases where people have just soldiered on through and... Um, not necessarily even physically coming into work, but trying to keep on top of things. And uh, and I don't think you're doing yourself any favours. Do you um, hear so that, the... Jeff? You're not doing yourself any favours by soldiering on being a trooper, coming in with a snivel. I, I can't help. There's a, <laughs> In my home, in our household, there's a famous story uh, between my wife and I where uh, one day I was at home and I called my wife at work and said, um, can, you, um, can you come home and help me? And she went, oh, don't be so ridiculous, you know, kind of man flu. What are you talking about? Um, pull yourself together. And um, she came home and took one look at me and went, oh, he, he really doesn't look too well. Looks a bit peaky. And called um, uh, called the emergency hours. It was outside the GP times. Called the emergency hours and they said, um, bring him into um, to, uh, the hospital immediately. And she said, well, look, I've got two young kids. How am I going to do that? And they said, I don't care. Put them all in the, in the car, get them in. And, and I had pneumonia. And so I, I've dined on that uh, on that story for years <laughs> afterwards. So you know, there's a there's a kind of again, it gets back to the trust. Did you issue. get pneumonia after a period of going to work with a cold and flu and dragging yourself in and not actually listening to your body, or was it just suddenly out of the blue this pneumonia? You know, I, I'm I can't remember the details, but I would suspect that there was something about being quite not taking action being early brave. enough. Yeah, that meant I was in a going, probably going through a period of being quite run down before that happened and therefore more susceptible to those things so I do think there's there's a danger and and in my case I, I just I'm not someone who uh, can can lie there feeling sorry for myself I'm quite an active person and so I hate being ill to me it's just like just stops me from doing what I want to do but so that was a big shout out from the body wasn't it it's yeah, like come uh, on Jeff 
But that's um, so. I think I do think people are different. I think, and it, and that's what makes this quite hard to navigate through. Of know again, it comes back to really knowing your people and having that good relationship with them, so that you know how to do the right things at the right time. Some people, by the way, they may go off sick, but nobody does do their work for them. So they even know that even if they're getting benefits, etc., that when they come back. The intray is just going to carry on piling up, and they and they do those things. So we we should just be mindful, I would say, of of case by case cases, each instance, rather than looking for sort of one size fits all solutions. I mean, the stats on um, why people might want to take a sickie or swing the lead mm-hmm. when they're not actually sick are fairly horrific. You know, nine percent of UK employees felt that way most days compared to 2% in all, in um, the Netherlands, 5% in France and Denmark. That's a, a lot. Why do they feel, do you think, like they want to take a sickie? I think it's, to my point I don't that I've said before, I think you need to ask the right questions and find out what the underlying problem is. Um, and I think that could be there could be so many different reasons for it. Um, but I think it's interesting that the research is suggesting that people think it's okay to take a sickie. Um, now let's not get this out. Yeah, most employees don't think about taking a sick day when they're not actually ill. That's what the research is telling us. But there is this pocket of people who think that it is acceptable. Um, and I think there are those people who probably think it's just a job. It's just a company. It's not, it's not going to make any difference to anybody. And, um, or maybe they just don't feel like going to work that day, which is where duvet days come in, isn't it? And is that is that something that you'd like to see rolled out across all organisations? The idea that it is permissible almost to funnel these feelings into a, a permissible, um, legitimate day where you just go, can't be bothered today. I, I don't <laughs> know about it as they can't be bothered today. I think we have talked about when people have gone through a period of quite hard work, difficult circumstances, of acknowledging that and letting them know that they can have a duvet day or a duvet morning. So particularly... A duvet some, hour in your case, yeah, duvet, they, yeah, yeah, duvet hour, yeah. But but I think that there's there, it's a healthy thing to say to somebody, hey, you've had to work late last night because of a particular issue. You know, don't worry about getting in until you know, lunchtime tomorrow or something of that nature. Quite frankly, because they need the rest anyway. So it's not going to do anybody any good if they come in exhausted. They're probably going to lose a day and they may make other mistakes, etc. Tim, are you familiar with duvet days? Uh, well, I worked in Australia for uh, five years, so it's a doona day, as far as I'm concerned. Really? Yeah, it's a good old doona day. Um, I think it's really interesting. The best-selling non-fiction book um, of the the last 12 months is about sleep, and we don't get enough of it. Um, and the fact is, if we have less than five hours uh, sleep for, for three consecutive days, we are as incapacitated as a driver, as someone who is over the limit. And we don't talk enough about sleep. We don't talk enough about the importance of rest and recovery. And as employers, our responsibility, and I'm not going to go into the, to the legislation on this, but from a health and safety point of view, understanding when someone has really put it in, and we do have an accountability as employers to then give them time to recover to make sure that they can go again. Now, we see this in every other part of our lives. We watch, we rail on about the fantastic athletes who inspire us They'll tell you everything, not just about putting the work in, but as to how to have that rest recuperation so that they can go again. And I think the best workplaces have that as part of their culture and also give people information so that they can learn about their own needs in terms of rest and hydration and nutrition and exercise 
so that that becomes part of the way that they live their lives day to day. And those athletes don't just rest after exertion. Like they don't rest the next day. Like Jeff suggests, if you work late, don't come into lunchtime. Actually, that rest time is built in at the end of a series of competitions when it's needed. And so it might be that you need that duvet day, even though you're not tired, you haven't worked over, but actually it's impacted on you later down the line. I feel that. I work head on for two weeks, three weeks, then go, oh God, I'm really worn out. I could just do with taking it easy to they're having a duvet day. But it'd be great if you had the type of culture where you didn't have to say to them, don't come in till late tomorrow. Yeah. They could just mm. feel that, oh, actually, I've worked really hard. I'll come in later tomorrow. Or I travelled on yeah. the aeroplane on a Sunday. Yeah. Actually, I could do with... Without Thursday. anybody thinking, well, mm. why haven't they come into work? They should be here. That's where the culture would be great if you could do that. And I think that's where technology has helped us with working from home. So if you can access your network and work in exactly the same way as you can from home as you can from the office provided there's the trust there and you haven't not expected to be in meetings. It does give you that break from the commute. Um, I mean, you know, just the productivity of being able to actually start working as soon as you're ready, um, work effectively, have that. I mean, I get a, I get loads done on a working from home day. Um, so it's not it, it's it gives you that break, but you're still working and you can actually become very productive. But you've had that rest from the, the you know, the, the commute into work well thank you very much everyone we're going to leave it there for now and thank you for turning up for that very interesting conversation well that's it for this episode but if you'd like to explore more about adp's people unboxed project please visit adp.co.uk slash people unboxed you'll find all the detailed research and insights we've been discussing as well as a downloadable white paper on the subject of employee engagement and happiness so please do have a look around at that thank you to my guests today jeff fitt Annabelle Jones, Tim Pointer and Jackie Mann. In the next and final episode, we'll be discussing how to help employees get the right work-life balance or is it work-life blend? Please join us for that and make sure you don't miss an episode by subscribing on your podcast app. I've been Penny Haslam. Thanks for listening. People Unboxed from ADP. To find out more and to explore the full survey results, visit adp.co.uk slash people unboxed.